0: We've got the boats and
1: screw the rest of you. And Dr. Kavita Patel.
0: These might be some of the smaller moments, you know, with all the bombshells. Didn't catch people's eyes. Hello, and welcome to Words Matter. You may be able to tell, if you've listened to this show before, that I am not Dr. Kavita Patel, who is off saving lives and doing the great things that Kavita Patel does all the time. I am David Rothkoff, and when Kavita got called off to do this, they said, who has time on his hands? Obviously, it was me. So I've stepped in here. But the good news for all of you who listen to Words Matter all the time is that we are joined by Kavita's regular co-host, Norm Warrenstein. How are you doing today, Norm? Well, you know, given the state
1: of the world, David, not great. But I will say that in uh, uh, honor of the trial going on in New York, I'm feeling like a billion dollars.
0: (laughs) I think you're inflating how you're feeling there, Norm. You're just practicing fraud like our former president. Okay, Norm. So let me start with a question. You saw those polls that came out over the weekend saying Biden is uh, not doing well in the battleground states. Uh, I found them uh, depressing. I said to myself, the catechism: I say that's a year out. These polls don't matter. We outperform polls. Uh, we haven't seen the effect of you know Trump being convicted yet. Um, the voters, the you know the things that make voters turn out like abortion and so forth, cut in the favor of the Democrats and so on and so forth. But I still felt depressed. How did you feel?
1: I felt uneasy, to be sure. I I would say a few things about this, David. Um, In an election of an incumbent president, uh, it's going to be either a referendum on that president's performance in office or a choice among candidates. At this point, one thing is clear, not just from that poll, but from a lot of others, People don't feel great about the state of the country or the world, and they don't feel great about Joe Biden. We can lament the disconnect, uh, given that uh, he's had astonishing success as a president, but that's a reality. Now, a year out, what's going to happen? There isn't a choice, even if it's put in front of people in a poll that it's Donald Trump or Nikki Haley or whoever against Joe Biden. Many of these polls are going to be uh, reflecting the uh, referendum. Uh, As we get closer to the election, it's going to be more of a choice. Uh, The second point I would make is it's pretty clear that most voters aren't paying any attention or very little attention to Donald Trump and what Donald Trump is up for, what he's doing, what he's done. As we go through trials that are mostly just covered on cable news networks, and not very much at all on the ones that hit his supporters, and especially if and when we get convictions, and I think it's still overwhelmingly likely, even with all of that, that he is going to be the Republican nominee, we're going to change the frame into uh, more of a choice and not a referendum. And on that basis, I'd still feel pretty good if I were uh, Joe Biden or Joe Biden's campaign, especially because they can roll out a lot of stuff that will make it into more of a choice. I'm still more worried about no labels uh, and the other potential candidates, uh, uh, Robert Kennedy Jr., Cornel West, and what they could do to distort the outcome of the election than I am about any polls now that show Biden underwater.
0: Because you feel they'll be there and they're going to take a chunk out of Biden?
1: Yeah. Despite what we see now in polls that suggest that Kennedy takes more from Donald Trump, uh, here's the way I frame an election, uh, this election, and my concerns. Uh This comes down to these battleground states and a marginal number of votes for Biden to carry the battleground states. He needs to have uh, certainly a base that's charged up. We're going to learn a little bit more from uh, these uh, mid midterm elections uh, about some elements of that base, including the referendum in Ohio on uh, abortion, Um, but. You also need to get those swing voters, and there are still some. There aren't all that many, but there are enough in Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Nevada, and others, Georgia, uh, to make all the difference. What I'm concerned about is voters who don't particularly like Trump, but who are not hot on Biden for whatever sets of reasons, the belief that he's too old, that the inflation is too high. um, If it's a choice between the two of them, I think most of those voters are going to end up with Biden, especially as we see more and more how pernicious uh, Trump is and has been. But if there's an alternative, if it is, say, um, a... uh, Larry Hogan or a Joe Manchin on a no labels ticket with a lot of Republican billionaire money behind them, they have an out. And if Biden doesn't get the those swing voters uh, at the margins, the ones who can make a difference between winning by ten or twelve thousand votes in a state or fifty or sixty thousand and losing it, that's of great concern to me. And I'm afraid some of that will. Uh, play out with uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. I I know a lot of people have said to me, "Oh, come on. Those uh, uh African American voters, most of them have no idea who Bobby Kennedy is. They're not going to he's, you know, way past their time." There are an awful lot of people who have pictures of Robert Kennedy, the father in their homes, they're going to see the name Robert Kennedy Jr. It doesn't take very many voters uh, to make all that difference. So that's what concerns me. I think if it's a one-on-one contest between Joe Biden and, and Donald Trump, I'm still uh, feeling pretty bullish about Biden.
0: Um, so many questions. What if it's not a one-on-one contest between Joe Biden and Donald Trump? What if it's Glenn Youngkin or Nikki Haley, or Glenn Youngkin and Nikki Haley? Well, you know,
1: uh, Glenn Youngkin, uh, and I I have to say, I was just absolutely furious with uh, George Stephanopoulos, who on his Sunday show really stuck it to Steve Scalise, asking him five times whether he thought Joe Biden had won the election and getting nothing but uh, evasion. But then treated Glenn Youngkin with kid gloves. Uh, And then I saw Jake Tapper yesterday say, Glenn Youngkin wants to, as he was framing the uh, elections on Tuesday, would like to create a conservative alternative, not a MAGA alternative. I did a piece in the New Republic about Glenn Youngkin as uh, a trumpist in a fleece vest. He, if you look at how he is governed in Virginia, it's been MAGA, it's been racist, it's uh, been anti-LGBTQ. Uh, you know, if if uh, Republicans sweep in Virginia, which I doubt, um, Youngkin becomes an alternative and he'll look and sound affable and like your next door neighbor, not like a Trump. Haley is, as we saw in those, a series of New York Times Siena polls, uh, does extraordinarily well, much better than uh, Trump or other Republicans against Biden. But I think that's because people don't really know who she is yet. And when you see that she is a an amoral, grasping person who will do anything to win, I'm a little less concerned. But having said that, I'd be more concerned if it were another Republican other than Trump because of Trump's baggage.
0: Oh, boy, um, so as we look ahead like you're like you know connected and everybody in washington worships you and they all ask your advice and 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 so forth presumably the people in the white house call up periodically and they say norm what do we do how do we fix this what do you tell them um you know i i i do tell
1: them <laughs> things although they rarely listen um <laughs> telling and listening are two different things um you know, I, I wish going back uh, that they had framed, uh, built back better, uh, better. I wish there were things that had been done before. But right now, we need to have Biden out there um, even a little bit more than he has been. I I would have loved to have seen Biden do a 60 Minutes interview with Hunter talking about how you handle uh, a a, a problem in a family with uh, somebody with an addiction issue, which hits millions and billions of families. You know, the New York Times Siena poll showed that Biden wasn't doing well on empathy, um, which is bizarre, but it's something that he has to show more of. But more than that, assuming we have Donald Trump as the other nominee, we saw some I think, very commendable work on Biden's part trying to frame this election as uh, one which is the future of our democracy and the fundamental values of the American uh, experience and constitution at stake. We need to follow up on that. I would love to see uh, a democracy summit that Biden leads. I'd like to see him around the country framing this, talking about... um, what a challenge we have if it's uh, Trump or even another Republican. We need to have a different frame in this election. The other thing I would say is, of course, you want to brag about how well you've done with the economy. But for people uh, who have done well themselves, but still think the economy sucks, that message is not going to work. You have to try to address as much as you can those concerns that people have, rather than uh, boasting about what you've done. Boast, but address those concerns. Uh, You know, there's only so much you can do as a president. Now, the other thing which hits into your uh, wheelhouse, somebody who genuinely is uh, beloved in Washington, listened to by the uh, White House, not just uh, giving advice, but uh, having them heed it, Obviously, making sure that we get through this series of horrific crises in the world, the Middle East and Ukraine, um, without having things completely fall apart and then lead to other catastrophes potentially involving Taiwan, that's also critical, obviously, for Biden's success.
0: Yeah. No, there's no question that the international issues can crop up. One of the things I've, in fact, heard, Norm, recently is... That the embrace that the Biden administration has done of Israel has uh, alienated some younger voters, some uh, uh, voters of color, uh, who are uh, somewhat more sympathetic to the Palestinians. Uh, this is a kind of a sea change in, in in American views. And while I don't think it's a big enough sea change to, you know, uh, uh, suggest that things are reversed, if it carved away a couple of percent of voters. Uh, that could be very damaging, particularly in in the, in the battleground states. Um, my guess is that the best approach for the Biden administration may end up being not focused on the economy and accomplishments and all that stuff, mentioning it, but not focused on it, but focused on this battle that the Republicans apparently want to have between MAGA um and and normal america this battle where uh key rights are stripped away whether it's the right to an abortion or the right to vote uh the right to uh of f- people to be with who they love uh things that are, that trump and the maga movement and the supreme court are all targeting and uh then talk about the threat they pose to democracy, things like this Washington Post article that just came out talking about Trump's enemies list and how he wants to prosecute people who aren't loyal to him and impose the Insurrection Act from day one, and that this becomes a battle um, over the future of American democracy, which is more dramatic in which Biden is the only alternative to Trump and which has the added advantage, uh, as Henry Kissinger would say, of being the truth. What do you think about that?
1: I agree completely. I do worry about um, the enthusiasm level that will be there um, for a lot of these younger voters. And, you know, in a state like Michigan, where there's a substantial Arab American population, um where Biden may be helped by the uh, uh, strike ending with the U- United Auto Workers, uh, which he took the right side and Trump took the wrong side. But again, we're looking at votes at the margins, and you need to have an enthusiastic base and you need to frame the election in ways that people see it as the existential threat that it is. Now, I, I'm really uh, going to be interested to read the tea leaves. From these Tuesday elections, uh, in terms of uh, especially the abortion issue. Because it seems to me that a lot of younger voters who are uh, really upset about uh, Biden's embrace of Israel, where that is a very different frame, you're absolutely right from what we had seen before. But as you get closer to the election, assuming, and it's a big assumption, that we're past. Um, the conflict uh, and well past it, I still think uh, the Dobbs issue, the abortion issue, the way in which so many states uh, under Republican control are uh, moving to even more extreme positions, the uh, way in which they're dealing with LGBTQ uh, issues, the rise in anti-Semitism and violence, including violence against Muslims, that those are issues that may change the motivation for voters, make them more aware of the threat that Donald Trump and the MAGA movement have to our fundamental way of life. And that has to be at the center of uh, the campaign that uh, that Joe Biden uh, carries out you want to make sure that you appeal to your own base and talk about the accomplishments that you've had but in a broader sense it is the existential threat
0: yeah there's no there's there's no question about that um uh I, you know that's what it's really about um so, you know sometimes i think politicians fall into a trap of trying to think too hard about what they think the voters want to hear and how they think the voters want them to appear. And the result is, they appear inauthentic. Um, and when Joe Biden or when Kamala Harris is just themselves and is just addressing the issues they feel most passionate about, I think they're most effective. There's one other issue, since you know I've got you here for a few minutes, that I really wanted to get your feedback on. I've sort of seen it on Twitter. But we have this absolute nutcase now, who's the Speaker of the House, um, and you know he's got some big things coming up, like keeping the government funded. Uh, what we've seen so far from him on things like Israel and Ukraine aid um, is that not only is he kind of an extremist, um, but he's just oblivious to the notion of, you know, sort of, you know, realistic compromise. You know he's he's one of these guys who says, well, this is our position. What's your position now? You know, cave to our position, uh, or you know, we ha- you have to move on something that's completely irrational. What do you expect's going to happen with 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 a guy like Mike Johnson as we go into the government shutdown fears that we're likely to affect a, a fear a encounter over the next two weeks? So Mike Johnson
1: is uh, in over his head and. Uh, This is a party that's now being driven more by the lunatic fringe, which is actually a majority, but it's the Jim Jordans of the world. And these are people who want a shutdown and want it extended for a significant period of time. I don't see how we avoid that. And the critical question there is whether the so-called pragmatists, and I haven't come up with a better term for them, they are not moderate in any way. And they all caved in the end to make this Christian nationalist radical, the speaker, whether after some turmoil with a shutdown, some of them will join with Democrats, probably through a discharge petition, because that's the only way they'll get something to the floor, to keep the government open or get it reopened, I should say, and to provide funding for Ukraine. And that's a tall order. Uh, But there's something more we ought to say about Mike Johnson, David. This is a guy who was a backbencher uh, in the uh, four terms that he served in Congress. Nobody paid any attention to him, not much attention to his radical and extreme views, including being against contraception, not just against all abortions. But also, this is a guy who made a lot of money as a lawyer. He, uh, when he was in the Louisiana legislature, took advantage of a loophole in their ethics laws to get a $400,000 payment to lobby for a bill that he had introduced. This was a guy who got a multi-million dollar settlement in a case when he was a lawyer. And he says he has no assets and no bank account. Something is wrong here. Something smells to high heaven. And because he's now in the spotlight, I will be a little surprised if he manages to survive this and stay as Speaker intact through the remainder of this term. So we're probably going to be back to another ridiculous shit show with Republicans in the House, and it's not clear they're going to have any greater ability to put a Speaker in who could actually run things. Now that's going to work against them. I think there is a very strong likelihood that Democrats recapture the house. Uh, we know that Mitch McConnell is not happy with what's been going on in the house. It's not that he wants more moderate policies, but he wants to make sure that the burden, uh, that the house Republicans are placing, uh, on the election doesn't hit his own senators. Uh, But it's also not clear if we end up with more economic turmoil and pain, whether some of that will escape Joe Biden, uh, even if it's entirely caused by Republican radicalism.
0: But what I am gathering from what you're saying is that we're probably going to have a government shutdown. It's probably going to go on for a while. We are probably going to end up with some unsatisfactory conclusion to that we are then going to probably have turmoil in the Republican leadership. Uh, I agree with you. The the financial reports of of Mike Johnson seem very, very fishy. Um, And that nothing is going to get done. And that so therefore, what we have right now in terms of Biden accomplishments, legislative accomplishments, progress on any issues, is what we're going to have on election day. That we are effectively going to be frozen in terms of uh, these things. That the only things that may move are the Supreme Court, Trump's trials, and foreign policy. They may, they may shift things a little bit. Do you think that's fair? I do think that's fair.
1: And I'm also a little concerned about what the Supreme Court might do to make matters even worse and more complicated, which includes uh, blowing up uh, Chevron doctrine and making it harder for executive action in some of these critical areas um, that uh, are not going to be dealt with by Congress. And that gets us back to, in some ways, David, to where we started One of the things that the Biden people are going to have to sort out is how much they can do a Harry Truman-esque, do-nothing Congress, do-nothing Republican Congress uh, theme uh, and make it work during the campaign. How much can you, as voters become more aware of not just the inability to govern by Republicans in Congress, but the delight in keeping governing from taking place, the lack of concern about the consequences, how much can you make that a part of the choice, not just a referendum on the presidency um, uh, next year? And um, I don't have an answer to that at this point, but I think it clearly has to be a part of how Biden frames all of this. And he has to push the envelope in terms of using the executive power that he has, and even power that may be stretching the limits, to make sure that people see an active president out there trying to solve problems when the Republicans running the House are trying to blow things up.
0: Interesting. Thanks, Norm. You know, I always feel really privileged when I get the chance to hear Norm's perspectives on these things. I don't know anybody who's smarter in Washington. I'm really glad that we give everybody the chance to hear from Norm and also from the brilliant Dr. Kavita Patel every week here on Words Matter. Uh, For now, that's all the time that we've got. Thank you, Norm. Uh, Thank you, Kavita, wherever you are. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, And we'll be back again soon with lots of different interesting podcasts covering this whole broad range of issues. For now, bye-bye.